Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Business Coaching for Artists podcast with me, your host, Susanna. I'm in my home studio right now, looking out of the window onto a very white, snow-covered scenery outside. A couple of days ago, we had a snowstorm here in the Netherlands, which is a rare thing to happen over here. Um, But I really love the way it's looking outside. It's kind of like a winter wonderland and it's actually freezing cold. It's way below zero outside. So even though I love the view, I'm also happy that I'm inside right now, warm and cozy, recording this podcast for you guys. So today's topic is how to organize a successful photo shoot for your music business. I think we can all agree that having quality pictures is a vital element of your branding and your visibility, especially in these times, you know, the social media age. So if I speak for myself, you know, besides regularly having pictures taken while I'm recording, performing or in other ways working on my music business... I try to do a professional photo shoot as well every two years or so for press pictures, album art and things like that. And it's actually one of my favorite things about being an artist. I just really enjoy the process of making something, something beautiful with a team, a team of like-minded creative souls. Because most of the time... I work by myself. So when I get to get together and basically play around and be creative with other people, uh, other creative people, then yeah, that's just something I really enjoy. And thankfully, I've been given the opportunity to do quite a few shoots through the years. And my photo shoot debut was actually an album cover shoot for my debut album, Closer. That album got released in 2010. And this shoot was organized by the record label that I was signed to at the time, uh, which was Armada Music, Armin van Buren's record label. So, you know, they handled everything. I All I basically had to do was show up, look pretty and do my thing. But the majority of the shoots I've done, I have organized myself without a record label. And I'm talking about photo shoots here. And the first one that I invested in by myself was in 2013. And I really went all out. You know, I booked a fashion photographer and she brought on her team, uh, consisting of a stylist and a hair and makeup artist. And including studio rent, it cost me a couple thousand euros. Um, And I can already imagine like, oh my God, that's a big investment to make. And yes, it was, but we did end up having four completely different looks and the images lasted me for a couple of years, actually. And I've used them for social media, an album cover, event flyers, my radio show artwork, my website, etc. So even if you have to invest some money into... uh, a photo shoot, 
if it's done well, you'll be able to benefit from that investment for a couple of years. And, but also on the other side of that, even though I loved that photo shoot and the images were amazing, I also realized that it would not be feasible for me to keep investing that much in photo shoots if I want to have new pictures done every two years. So I had to become more creative. And also I must add that since then, and even though 2013 is only like eight years ago, um, in that eight years, a lot has changed, which makes it easier also for us artists, for anyone really, to um, have photo shoots um, with a lower budget, to do a photo shoot with a lower budget, but more about that uh, later. But yeah, like I said, so I, ha I had to become more creative. And since then, I have organized multiple photo shoots and I definitely made some mistakes <laughs> along the way. But those mistakes really, really, there aren't really any mistakes, right? There are, if you make a mistake, most of the time, that's a valuable lesson. And so in this podcast, I'm going to share with you the lessons I have learned um, through the years while organizing photo shoots. Now, before you start uh, reaching out to photographers and stylists, etc., it really helps to have at least a general idea of what you're looking for and to create a mood board based on those ideas. And for a more general shoot, I recommend going for something that is in line with the culture of your music, with the culture of the genre you ident identify yourself with. And for a more specific shoot, for example, a cover art or an album, it can be really cool to go for something directly related to that album, to its title, for example, or to the sound of the album. And a really great example of this is Taylor Swift. Obviously, she's most known for being a country music and a pop artist. But last year, in 2020, she decided to record an indie folk album called Folklore. And that album is really different from her previous albums because it's indie folk and we're used to hearing country and pop music from her. So the album is really different and you can tell, you can tell that it is different just from looking at the album art, just from comparing the covers of her um, different albums. And not only that, you know, I also noticed that even without hearing the music, just from looking at the album art, you can tell what kind of music is on it. And I thought that was done so well. Also, all the press images and music videos have that same look and feel to them. So yeah, that to me is like proper branding. And of course, Taylor Swift has a whole creative team to her disposal and probably a much larger budget than us uh, and you and me have. But I do think that this is an example that we can all take inspiration from. Now, when you create a concept for the shoot, you may also want to keep in mind what you'll be using the images for. 
for example, if I'm doing a shoot for an album cover, I prefer images with like a strong composition, something that will still be visible also when it's depicted in a small size, you know, for example, on iTunes or Spotify. Um, and, you know, you don't have to have the concept figured out in detail before uh, you reach out to photographers. But having thought about these things, having a general idea of where you want to go and the look and feel you're looking for, that's really going to help you also to find someone, to find a photographer, to find a stylist, etc. that fits the look and feel you are going for. And then you can work on the concept, work out the concept in more detail with them. So yeah, um, after coming up with the idea and the concept, then you are ready to assemble your creative team. And even if you're on a budget, there's some, there are some really um, great options for you. First of all, I would say ask around your network. In my case, it so happened that a classmate from elementary school, actually, <laughs> who had become a photographer, was interested in doing a shoot with me. And we even ended up doing two shoots. Another option is to approach um, colleges and work with students from art, fashion or photography schools because they are often looking for ways to gain experience, to grow their network, to build their portfolio. And I actually did that for my anniversary concert, Susanna 15. I organized an acoustic trance <laughs> concert uh, in 2019 to celebrate my 15th anniversary as a trans vocalist. And I worked with multiple media and entertainment management students. They actually helped me organize the event, look for a location and stuff like that. And through them, I also uh, found a very a young, talented photographer. He actually just got accepted into a photography academy. Um, so he was the photographer of the shoot for the flyer images, like all the promo images, basically, for the event. And actually, that shoot turned out to be one of my favorites. So yeah, don't be afraid to work with people who are less experienced. And you also have the option of doing it yourself. The newest smartphones really have amazing cameras. And that's also what I meant earlier when I said that a lot has changed <laughs> since I did my first photo shoot in 2013. Um, if you have... A good smartphone they tend to have really great cameras and even if you don't own a smartphone like that yourself maybe you're a friend of you yours has one that you can borrow or they can maybe even help you <laughs> with the shoot and then light is very important like lighting can really make the difference between an okay picture and a really great picture and there are actually some really affordable lights on the market. And you even have these multicolored LED lights that you can use. 
and those create really cool effects. Uh, you can use different colors. And if that's not an option, natural light is the way to go. But then you'll have to shoot during the day outside somewhere <laughs> or in a room that has a lot of natural light coming into the room. And what I really love myself is that moment in the afternoon um, when the sun starts to fade a little bit, uh, like the golden hour, the golden hour sun. That's a really good, great moment to take pictures outside with natural light. So, yeah, I mean, just see it as an experiment. Use your creativity, play around. And for the finishing touch, because most pictures will need some editing, you can use one of the many budget-friendly photo editing apps, such as Lightroom, Snapseed, and Facetune. And now I know Facetune is known for, um, you know, that you can use it to remove all your wrinkles or um, make your legs look smaller, slimmer. But um, you can actually use Facetune. I use it a lot, actually, just to enhance the picture, add a little bit more glow. Or maybe if you... Sometimes when you use very bright lights, it can make your skin look oily. And with Facetune, you can make it look more dry. So I... It's really an app that I would recommend. Now, there's um, some other things to keep in mind. Ideally, you want to hire a photographer, makeup artist and stylist that fit your style and brand. And that can deliver the look and feel that you're going for. So I always ask to see a portfolio, even from students. In most cases, they will be able to show you some of their work. <laughs> either on social media or they just send you a few pictures. If they don't have anything to show you, then, yeah, you probably should not work with them either way. <laughs> Anyways. Now, another thing to note, and this is something that I didn't really know and kind of learned the hard way, is that the copyright of the pictures belongs to the photographer even if you are the one paying for the photo shoot. So, legally speaking, this means that you cannot just print those images on a t-shirt and sell them, or put them on your album cover and sell uh, physical copies of your album. Some photographers are really flexible with this and will give you permission to use their work in whichever way you like. Um, sometimes they will ask uh, only for credits. Others will let you buy the copyright from them, but those fees can be pretty high. Either way, you always want to discuss the usage terms of the images beforehand with the photographer. And as I said, I learned this the hard way with the, that first photo shoot I organized, uh, the one I told you about at the beginning. Because first of all, I wasn't aware of the fact that the copyright belongs to the photographer. And I guess the photographer neglected to double check with me what I wanted to use the images for. And then after the photo shoot, we were just communicating, going back and forth about a couple of things. I mentioned that I was considering to also use the um, images or one of the images for an album cover. 
And then she had to explain to me, oh, well, that's not really part of the deal. Because she thought I only needed them for social media and my website, because I think that's what I wrote initially in my email when I reached out to her. Now, thankfully, she was very flexible, and we agreed that I could use the images for social media as well as digital album art, um, but just not for physical products. And we also agreed that if at one point I would like to use the images for a physical product, that I will contact her to see if we need to agree on any additional terms. But yeah, that's how I learned to always discuss these things beforehand to avoid misunderstandings and disappointments. And another thing, well, now that we're talking about communication, another thing I learned um, the hard way is to clearly communicate to a stylist what you have in mind and to double check that they understood and are bringing you outfits in line with your vision. Because for a shoot I did a couple years ago, I wanted bright colored modern outfits So we were shooting in nature and nature can be quite bland in color. So I really wanted bright, vivid colors. And I created a vision board and sent it to the stylist. And then on the day of the shoot, none of the outfits she brought fit the description or my mood board. And yeah, it was too late to find alternatives. And we also were not really close to any shopping malls. So... Yeah, that was kind of a disappointment because the clothes that she brought didn't suit me, uh, didn't suit the vibe I was going for. And I actually ended up only using a few of the images of the shoot. And most of those images, you don't really see any any of the clothes, of the outfits. So yeah, that was kind of a, a bummer. And since then, to be honest, I have done my own styling. But if I do end up working with a stylist again, I will make sure to double check a couple days before if uh, how it's going, what kind of outfits he or she has gathered. Because um, then if you see that, okay, they're not, they didn't really understand me or they're kind of doing their own thing, there's still time to... Um, correct that and find alternatives. Now, while you're at the shoot, it really helps to have someone there with an eye for detail, especially if you're doing the shoot uh, by yourself or without a stylist, because this person, a friend or family member, can make sure your hair is in the right place at all times, that your outfit remains in place Um, they can assist with lighting and things like that because it's really a bummer when you have a great picture and then you notice your necklace is on backwards or something like that (laughs) so I recommend to bring someone uh, kind of like an assistant personal assistant for the day and You know, never miss an opportunity to create content. And a photo shoot is a really great place to do that. that. So you want to bring someone that can make behind the scenes footage of the shoot, which you can then use 
for your stories, your newsletter, social media, etc. Because people really love to see those kind of posts, you know, the behind the scenes um, of what you're doing. Now, during a shoot, I also regularly check in with the photographer and ask to see how it's looking on camera, because that way I can make sure we're heading in the right direction. And again, this is one of those lessons I learned the hard way, because years ago uh, I had a video shoot, actually, where I think I put too much faith in the director, and it was only after the shoot, when they sent me the first draft of the video, that, to my horror, (laughs) I noticed I looked like a junkie. And... I can assure you, I did not look like a junkie on the day of the shoot. It's because of the way they had positioned the lights that had created like dark circles under my eyes, like shades under my eyes. Um, And yeah, it was, the shoot was done. We were already back home, so there wasn't really much we could do about that. And another example was a shoot where I had curls in my hair and like very large... Uh, necklace and thankfully by then I had learned my lesson because um, I did ask to see how it looked on camera and I realized that the combination of my hair and the necklace really made me look like 10-15 years older than I was Um, and that's not what we want of course so we basically decided to straighten my hair and exchange the necklace and it looked way better now if I hadn't checked this maybe no one would have noticed and once the shoot is done and you're at home looking at the final product there's not much you can do about it to change it anymore so please don't feel shy to check in with the photographer or a videographer if it's a video shoot during the shoot because if you don't you know you may regret it and um by then it will be too late to change it. One important thing I would like to add, even though you want to keep an eye on things, be careful not to micromanage the crap out of the people you work with. (laughs) You know, even though, generally speaking, I have a pretty clear idea of what I want, I always keep in the back of my mind that I'm hiring professionals for a reason because they have skills that I don't. So I always try to find a balance between making sure my vision is coming to life and being open to their ideas and input as well. Sometimes it's good to have other people maybe kind of push you out of your comfort zone so you can reach the next level. And yeah, so how to know when to follow their advice and when you should follow your own a vision. My best advice would be to approach it as an equal collaboration. You're all there with the same goal. And when in doubt, always follow your gut. I've really learned the past few years that whenever I follow my gut, my instinct, my intuition, however you want to call it, it works out. Um, I've never regretted 
following my gut. So I think that would be my best advice for you in this whole process. And last but not least, after the shoot is done, it's time to pick your favorite images because the photographer is not going to edit all of them. So a selection has to be made, even for yourself, even if you're doing the shoot by yourself. Um, of course, you're gonna... I recommend taking as much many pictures as you can because um, you will notice that there's only a handful that you're gonna really love. Now, if you are working with a photographer, you can leave the selection up to them. But personally, I like to be involved in the process. I think by now... <laughs> It's clear that I like to be involved uh, every step of the way. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it is you who is in the picture and you have to feel happy with the way you look. I honestly still regret that I did not put my foot down when we had to select a cover image for my second album. Uh, the album was called Brave. The designer of the cover art had a preference for a picture that I didn't like and I allowed myself so I take full responsibility I allowed myself to be convinced by the rest of the team that that image was the strongest one but whenever I see that cover art now all I can think of is how much I dislike it so yeah that's definitely a lesson learned but that's all good you know I'm also starting to learn <laughs> to accept that making mistakes is a part of learning and growing um, and if you can learn something from it then it's never wasted if you get what I mean all right so that's all I have for you guys on this episode as always I hope you found it insightful I would love you to uh, hear your thoughts on the episode. So feel free to send me a DM. You can do so via the Instagram account, instagram.com slash businesscoachingforartists. And if you're interested in learning how you can increase your visibility online using great images uh, and build a loyal fan base, then I invite you to sign up for my free 40 minutes online fan base boost blueprint training if you head over to suzannevocalist.com slash fan base boost sign up and then you'll get uh, immediate access to the lesson and the link uh, can also be found in the show notes i'm going to put it in the show notes for this episode all right that's it for now i'm signing off so thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode.